In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Welcome again to Sunday Celebration of Mass. Today the Church celebrates the third Sunday of Easter. I hope that this Mass finds you all well and in good spirits. Today at Mass we hear the story of the friends on the road to Emmaus. I ask you especially to remember in your prayers of today's Mass and Bradley of the parish whose health is causing concern. She's in hospital at the present time. We remember her especially in our prayers today at Mass. To begin the Mass and to offer the Mass more worthily, we first call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Jesus Christ, only 
Let us pray. May your people exult forever, O God, in renewed youthfulness of spirit, so that rejoicing now in the restored glory of our adoption, we may look forward in confident hope to the rejoicing of the day of resurrection. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. On the day of Pentecost, Peter stood up with the eleven and addressed the crowd in a loud voice. Men of Israel, listen to what I am going to say. Jesus, the Nazarene, was a man commended to you by God by the miracles and portents and signs that God worked through him when he was among among you, as you all know. This man, who was put into your power by the deliberate intention and foreknowledge of God, you took and had crucified by men outside the law. You killed him, but God raised him to life, freeing him from the pangs of Hades for it was impossible for him to be held in its power, since, as David says of him, I saw the Lord before me always, for with him at my right hand nothing can shake me. So my heart was glad, and my tongue cried out with joy. My body too will rest in the hope that you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor allow your Holy One to experience corruption. You have made known the way of life to me. You will fill me with gladness through your presence. Brothers, no one can deny the patriarch David himself is dead and buried. His tomb is still with us. But since he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn him an oath to make one of his descendants succeed him on the throne, what he foresaw and spoke about was the resurrection of Christ. He is the one who was not abandoned to Hades and whose body did not experience corruption. God raised this man Jesus to life and all of us are witnesses to that. Now raised to the heights by God's right hand, he has received from the Father the Holy Spirit who was promised and what you see and hear is the outpouring of the Spirit. The Word of the Lord.
A reading from the first letter of St Peter. If you are acknowledging as your father, one who has no favourites and judges everyone according to what he has done, you must be scrupulously careful as long as you are living away from your home. Remember the ransom that was paid to free you from the useless way of life your ancestors handed down was not paid in anything corruptible, neither in silver nor gold, but in the precious blood of a lamb without spot or stain, namely Christ, who, though known since before the world was made, has been revealed only in our time, the end of the ages, for your sake. Through him you now have faith in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory for that very reason, so that you would have faith and hope in God. The Word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Two of the disciples of Jesus were on their way to a village called Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking together about all that had happened. Now as they talked this over, Jesus himself came up and walked by their side. But something prevented them from recognising him. He said to them, What matters are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped short, their faces downcast. Then one of them called Cleopas answered him, You must be the only person staying in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have been happening there these last few days. What things? he asked. All about Jesus of Nazareth, they answered. We proved he was a great prophet by the things he said and did in the sight of God and of the whole people. And how our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death and had him crucified. Our own hope had been that he would be the one to set Israel free. And this is not all. Two whole days have gone by since it all happened, and some women from our group have astounded us. They went to the tomb in the early morning, and when they did not find the body, they came back to tell us that they had seen a vision of angels who declared he was alive. Some of our friends went to the tomb and found everything exactly as the women had reported, but of him they saw nothing. Then he said to them, You foolish men, 
so slow to believe the full message of the prophets? Was it not ordained that the Christ should suffer and so enter into his glory? Then, starting with Moses and going through all the prophets, he explained to them the passage throughout the passages throughout the, the scriptures that were about himself. When they drew near the village to which they were going, he made as if to go on, but they pressed him to stay with them. It is nearly evening, they said, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Now, while he was with them at the table, he took the bread and said the blessing. Then he broke it and handed it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognised him, but he had vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us as he talked to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? They set out that instant and returned to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven assembled together with their companions, who said to them, Yes, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then they told a story of what had happened on the road and how they had recognised recognised him at the breaking of bread. The Gospel of the Lord. I wonder if you've noticed how different the world seems in these days. For instance, how many people you see out walking, sometimes in family groups. And when was the last time that we ever saw that happening? And how fresh the air seems with the absence of the exhaust from cars and toxins from factory chimneys in the air. You can hear the birds singing too. Are they singing louder? Or is it that we just didn't notice it before over the noise of the cars and the town living? And have you noticed how much people are looking out for each other in these times? Keeping an eye on people in their streets, in their families, people who are vulnerable, people who are sick or maybe older people. And have you noticed too how people are organising, always organising, so that people don't go hungry, run out of money, are left without heat or light. Amidst the madness and the difficulties of the times, lots of things have been thrown onto the surface. People's resilience and the goodness of people and people's ability to organise and overcome things without having been told to do so. It's also thrown up the good things of life too that we very often take for granted, family and friends, and the beauty of simple things in the world, clean air, growing things, food, water, human relations, and of course the gift of faith. It's also thrown up that idea of being able to discern what's 
important and essential in our life and what's unimportant. Things that are important in life somehow have been coming to the surface. Things that we very often take for granted. Lots of people, as you know, in these times now are thinking about what happens next and what happens after all of this. After we are able to come out of the lockdown itself. It is difficult, isn't it, to predict how things will go? Will the world change or will it go back to just its old ways? You might remember from your history books at the end of the World War I and the terrible destruction of human life. They thought that the world itself would change and that people would never go back to conducting wars again. In the space of 20 years, there was an even worse war. What is sure is that the virus itself has been a wrecking ball throughout the world and it has done much damage. And maybe we are afraid of what will come afterwards. Unemployment for some, lower wages perhaps, and what will happen with schools and education and with health. What is true that in these first weeks we have shown, if we have shown anything, that inner strength that's in each of us, and certainly the grace of God that surrounds us and has been shown to us in different ways, especially in people around about us. It would in these times have been easy to despair, but we most certainly have got through these weeks, settled into a routine, getting through things, and maybe now looking to the next stage and this gradual emergence from the lockdown. It certainly will be an experience of putting things together and maybe rebuilding and maybe also making big changes in the world, and maybe also making changes in our own personal life. You can't help thinking that the men in the Gospel of today's Mass are not too different from us. They seem as if they're in the same boat as us. Their faces are downcast, we hear, and we hear that their hopes are disappointed. What they wish for will not seemingly now come to pass. Jesus, in whom they placed their hope, of course has died and is no more. There are stories that he is alive again, but this seems a vain hope, a folly. To believe this seems to believe in something that's impossible. What we hear then in the story that is instead of the darkness that has crept into their souls, at the end of the passage what we hear is that their hearts burn within them and their joy is unbounded uh, in what they now see. They have a hope which is alive once again and of course Jesus himself has come forth from the tomb. One of the things that perhaps we might consider is that Hope itself is the very thing that will build our future. Hope will make us rebuild our lives. Hope in these times will allow us to make plans for the future. Hope itself will keep us safe. And hope will bring us to that time 
in which we will meet each other again. Hope will reunite us and hope will allow us to build a new life, a new world and better times. If Easter is about anything and Easter stories themselves are about anything, they are all about hope. Hope that can never be dashed in Jesus. Hope that can never be let down. Hope that is stronger than every obstacle that we find in life. Easter itself breathes once again that hope into our life and into our hearts. Jesus is risen from the tomb and everything, everything is, is possible. Enemies can be reconciled. People can forgive. People can do impossible things. God can, can, uh, can uh, bring from every bad situation and impossible situation something that is good and even better. What we hear in the story then is that the men in the gospel are no longer downcast, but their hearts burn within them. What we have come to at Easter is that same thing, that our hearts are burning with hope. Not a hope that will ever let us down, but rather a hope that will bring us to even greater heights and to do even better things in our life. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father, before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father, and through him all things were made. For as men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary, and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again in the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. And he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for all our needs. For those suffering from the virus, that through medical intervention they may be well again. Lord, hear us. For nurses, doctors and carers, that they may have strength needed to continue their good work. Lord, hear us. That we may have an Easter faith filled with joy, peace and hope that will move us to do good things in the future. Lord, hear us. 
for a spirit of charity amongst us, especially in our care for those who are in need. Lord, hear us. For children and young people, that they may not lose hope in the situation that we are in, but may see a better outcome and the possibility of good things in the future. Lord, hear us. And for the ability to stay in contact with people, family and friends, and to support each other. Lord, hear us. And for those who have died recently, especially, especially Harry Mulvena, and all that we are asked to remember. Lord, hear us. Heavenly Father, with renewed confidence we make our prayers to you, especially in these Easter days of hope. We ask these prayers through Christ our Lord. Amen.
pray now, dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Receive, O Lord, we pray, these offerings of your exultant Church, and as you have given her cause for such great gladness, grant also that the gifts we bring may be bear fruit in perpetual happiness. We ask this through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, at all times to acclaim you, Lord, but in this time, above all, to laud you yet more gloriously when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. By the offering of his body, he brought the sacrifice of old to fulfilment in the reality of the cross, and by commending himself to you for our salvation, showed himself to be the priest, the altar, and the very lamb of sacrifice. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exults in your praise, and even the heavenly powers, with the angelic hosts, sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed, and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread, and giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith
Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that, sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. And remember also all our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, our spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him, and with him, and in him. O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may always be free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not in our sins, but in the faith of your Church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Behold the Lamb of God, behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed.
Let us pray. Look with kindness upon your people, O Lord, and grant, we pray, that those you were pleased to renew by eternal mysteries may attain in their flesh, flesh the incorruptible glory of the resurrection. We ask this through Christ our Lord. And we continue to ask uh, Mary's special help for us in these times. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy. Hail our life, our sweetness and our hope. To thee do we cry for banished children of Eve, to thee do we send four sighs, mourning and weeping in the valley of tears. Turn then, most gracious Advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us, and after this our exile show unto us the blessed fruit of thy womb, Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, the most holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Just to say to you, if you're joining us for morning mass tomorrow the mass instead of being live streamed at nine will be at ten and that's in order to accommodate the funeral funeral of harry mulvena uh, which will take place at 8 30 at south lanarkshire crematorium I ask you to especially remember harry in your prayers and uh, just to say that the funeral mass for the morning uh, for the, the mass for the morning uh, at 10 o'clock will be especially offered for harry as well so please keep harry in your prayers and uh, please also keep his family in your prayers too. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go forth, the Mass is ended.